0: My producer Tim went missing at the end of the mid-season finale of America, the podcast. And I, Thebadias A. Stard, the embodiment of and only hope for America, aim to find him. These are the Search for Tim Transmissions. Hello, America. It's me, Thebe Stard, aka the embodiment of and only hope for America. And I am with you again this week, still in search for Tim on this Search for Tim transmission. It is also Halloween this week, here on America the Podcast! As well as the rest of the world, but you know as well as I do that America is the only country that matters. If you are a new listener to my very important show, well, this is a very weird episode to start on, and I suggest you go back to at least the beginning of Season 5. Well, actually, go back to the beginning of Season 1, because you need to hear all of my very important words. But if you are a regular listener to this show, and you should be... You know that last week I was launched through an internation portal, which I thought was a Stargate, but me and the Druid had a bit of a communications barrier and I also thought Celtic was a language. Apparently he was speaking Gaelic, which is why I was not able to communicate with him properly. And uh, I spent a lot of time looking for a Celtic to English dictionary when in fact I should have been looking for the Gaelic to English dictionary. But you know me, I only speak American because it's the only language that matters. Anyways, I digress. Once I was launched through the portal in Stonehenge, I arrived in Romania in the town of Transylvania. Once I realized where I was, I immediately made my way to where I am standing now. The throne room of none other than Vlad the Impaler Tepes, aka Count Dracula! (laughs) The only problem is, it's 10am in Romania, and, well, Dracula's still asleep. He doesn't wake up till nightfall, so I have to wait until then to speak with him. I guess I could probably kill him. He is a vampire after all. But then how will I find Tim? Hmm. Well, he can't kill me, and that's all that matters. So, while I wait for Mr. the Impaler to wake up from his slumber, you can listen to this week's very important segment. I myself will be testing out his throne, and I bet it's soft. Vampires have very bony butts. All right, Shui Media Producer, take us to the next segment. Hello America! It's me, Thebe Stard, aka the embodiment of and only hope for America. And I've heard a lot of talk lately about killing the filibuster, so I have a bit of advice. (laughs) To my friends in the Democratic Party, i.e. the party that controls both houses of congress and the presidency, I have a bit of advice regarding the filibuster. Listen, I like causing chaos as much as the next person. Roger Stone and I once started a riot in Florida during the 2000 election, when we both knew full well that Vice President Al Gore had already won. But the chaos that is the filibuster is, uh, getting a little old. I know most DNC candidates run the risk of losing their 2022 elections, and obviously if the Republican Party were back in charge, they would abuse the lack of a filibuster on day one, a terrifying thought that would keep most people up at night. Not me, of course. I'm a billionaire who sleeps on a bed of money and benefits from either party being in charge. But what I don't benefit from is a dysfunctional economy. By removing the filibuster, you could pass multiple bills that would stimulate said economy. You could also add in protections to those bills that would prevent future GOP leadership from tearing down the progress you, the Democrats, could potentially build up. Progress favored by the majority of Americans. So give killing the filibuster a try, Democrats. Maybe something good will come out of it. Or maybe you'll repeal it and then lose your congressional leadership in 2022. Because let's face it, the Democrats are terrible at winning elections, and the GOP, once back in power, will create their fiery Christo crypto-fascist hellscape they wet dream about. A potential hellscape that can be totally avoided if the Democrats repeal the filibuster ASAP and pass progressive policies like the For the People Act. And lastly, I have a bit of cautionary advice to the American people who are urging for the filibuster's repeal, which is simply, Be careful what you wish for. This has been a bit of advice. Thank you, pre-recorded me. Riveting stuff as usual. As for present me, I am still here in Dracula's castle sitting on his very, very comfy throne. And, uh, it's 3 p.m. So, uh, still waiting. Might go look around. See if he has a library. But it's got a bunch of cool vampire books in it. Um... Well, while I do that, let's, uh, go to a commercial. Maybe a bunch of time will pass in between now and then. We'll be right back after these messages. It's America, the podcast! It's America, the podcast! And we're back, America, and it's been, uh, ah, goddammit, two hours. Ugh taking forever wish the sun would go down thought about reading some of the books in the library but then i remembered i'm an american and i don't read books so i guess i'll just sit here and wait for vlad to wake up Ugh, i'm so bored i thought this episode would be more eventful even scary i mean dracula's in this episode i mean well he's in this castle with me asleep so ooh, scary i guess i don't know Um, maybe the very important readings will be scary let's go to that I now take you to very important readings. Today's very important reading comes from the one and only Mr. Thomas Paine. Paine. I did not warn you of his theme song because you should have listened to my show by now and you should be ready for it. As some of you might know, or all of you know if you had listened to my show, you know that Thomas Paine ended up in Paris and as part of the French Parliament. He was of course arrested later on, almost guillotined, and then subsequently shipped back to America with James Monroe. But before he left, he was a member of Parliament and gave the following address on his first day in Parliament. The following speech is titled, The First Year of the Republic, Paris, September 25th, 1792, by Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine! Fellow citizens, I receive with affectionate gratitude the honor which the late National Assembly has conferred upon me by adopting me a citizen of France, and the additional honor of being elected by my fellow citizens a member of the National Convention. Happily impressed as I am by those testimonies of respect shown towards me as an individual, I feel my felicity increased by seeing the barrier broken down that divided patriotism by spots of earth and limited citizenship to the soil like vegetation had those honors been conferred in an hour of national tranquility they would have afforded no other means of showing my affection than to have accepted and enjoyed them but they come accompanied with circumstances that give me the honorable opportunity of commencing my citizenship in the stormy hour of difficulties I come not to enjoy repose, convinced that the cause of France is the cause of all mankind and that as liberty cannot be purchased by a wish, I gladly share with you the dangers and honors necessary to success. I am well aware that the moment of any great change such as that accomplished on the 10th of August is unavoidably the moment of terror and confusion. The mind highly agitated by hope, suspicion, and apprehension continues without rest till the change be accomplished. But let us now look calmly and confidently forward, and success is certain. It is no longer the paltry cause of kings or of this or that individual that calls France and her armies into action. It is the great cause of all. It is the establishment of a new era that shall blot despotism from the earth and fix on the lasting principles of peace and citizenship the great Republic of Man. It has been my fate to have been born a share in the commencement and complete establishment of one revolution, I mean the revolution of America, the success and the events of that revolution are encouraging to us. The prosperity and happiness that have since flowed to that country have amply rewarded her for all the hardships she endured and for all the dangers she encountered. The principles on which that revolution began have extended themselves to Europe and an overruling providence is regenerating the old world by the principles of the new. The distance of America from all other parts of the globe did not admit her carrying those principles beyond her own situation. It is to the particular honor of France that she now raises the standard of liberty for all nations and in fighting her own battles contends for the rights of all mankind. The same spirit of fortitude that ensured success to America will ensure it to France for it is impossible to conquer a nation determined to be free. The military circumstances that now unite themselves to France are such as the despots of Earth know nothing of and can form no calculation upon. They know not what it is to fight against a nation. They have only been accustomed to make war upon each other, and they know from system and practice how to calculate the probable success of despot against despot, and here their knowledge and experience end. But in a contest like the present, a new and boundless variety of circumstances arises that deranges all such customary calculations. When a whole nation acts as an army, the despot knows not the extent of the power against which he contends. New armies rise against him with the necessity of the moment. It is then that the difficulties of an invading enemy multiply, as in the former case they diminished, and he finds them at their height when he expected them to end. The only war that has any similarity of circumstances with the present is the Late Revolution War in America. On her part, as it now is in France, it was a war of the whole nation. There it was that the enemy, by beginning to conquer, put himself in a condition of being conquered. His first victories prepared him for defeat. He advanced till he could not retreat and found himself in the midst of a nation of armies. Were it now to be proposed to the Austrians and Prussians to escort them into the middle of France and there leave them to make the most of such a situation, they would see too much into the dangers of it to accept the offer, and the same dangers would attend them could they arrive there by any other means. Where then is the military policy of their attempting to obtain by force that which they would refuse by choice? But to reason with a despot is throwing reason away. The best of arguments is a vigorous preparation. Man is ever a stranger to the ways of which providence regulates the order of things. The interference of foreign despots may serve to introduce into their own enslaved countries the principles they come to oppose. Liberty and equality are blessings too great to be the inheritance of France alone. It is an honor to be her to be the first champion and she may now say to her enemies with a mighty voice, O ye Austrians, ye Prussians, ye who now turn your bayonets against us, it is for you, it is for all of Europe, it is for all mankind, and not France alone, that she raises the standard of liberty and equality. The public cause has hitherto suffered from the contradictions contained in the Constitution of the former Constituent Assembly. Those contradictions have served to divide the opinions of individuals at home and to obscure the great principles of the revolution in other countries. But when those contradictions shall be removed and the constitution be made conformable to the Declaration of Rights, when the Bajatels of monarchy, royalty, regency, and hereditary succession shall be exposed with all their absurdities, a new light will be thrown over the world and the revolution will derive new strength from being universally understood. The scene that now opens itself to France extends far beyond the boundaries of her own dominions. Every nation is becoming her colleague, and every court is become her enemy. It is now the cause of all nations against the cause of all courts. The tears that despotism felt clandestinely begot a confederation of despots, and their attack upon France is produced by their fears at home. In entering on this great scene, greater than any nation has yet to be called to act in, let us say to the agitated mind, Be calm. Let us punish by instructing rather than revenge. Let us begin the new era by a greatness of friendship and hail the approach of union and success. Your fellow citizen, Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine. Oh Thomas, between your ability to form the longest of run-on sentences and the fact that you helped spread liberty across the globe, I could not admire you more. I forget why I was actually mad at you. Oh right, because you stole common sense from me while I was drunk in a bar. Or, as my lawyers make me put it, you allegedly stole common sense from me. You happy lawyers, you bloodsuckers. This has been Very Important Readings. America, America, that wasn't scary at all. It was rather boring, in fact. Well, it's, uh, now sundown, and I'm just kind of waiting for Dracula to... Oh, my God. <laughs> Who dares enter my castle? Ah, hello, Count Dracula. It is I, a starred, the embodiment of an only hope for America. Remember? We met at last year's Illuminati blood sacrifice. I do not know you. No, no, remember me, Theb Stard. I sat next to you, I spilt my blood wine, you gave me some of yours, then we ended up talking about the benefits of imperialism for about an hour. Oh, Mr. Stard, I remember you now. America podcast, yeah? I listen to your show when I go to sleep in my coffin. Very, very funny. Yeah, people keep saying that, but I don't hear it. And I'm also not going to argue with the King of Vampires. Uh... Anyways, uh, I need your help finding my producer, Tim. Oh yes, he disappeared. Yes, exactly. Uh, Do you possibly have access to any uh, netherworld realm that he might have been sent to? (sighs) I do not. I only have access to hell. My apologies, my friend. Damn it! am I back at square one again? (sighs) Not at all, my friend. Why don't you head to the lost city of Gertlodanga and use the interdimensional terminal there? Uh. Say it, don't spray it, Vlad. But yes, how did I forget about the lost city of Kurtlodanga under Antarctica? Uh, the stress of not having Tim around is, well, stressing me out. And it's also going to take forever to get down there. All oh, you can take my portal in exchange for some uh, blood? Unfortunately, no. Since I'm an immortal, my blood will likely kill you. But, uh oh, here, take this instead. It is a card that will get you into any blood bank in the world. Well, any Illuminati blood bank which is pretty much all of them. Oh, thank you, my friend. I was just going to drain the townspeople again. Ah, well, don't do that. Just show me to the portal so I can get down to Kurtlodanga. Yes, right this way, my friend. Uh, Vlad the spit, please, just point yourself the other way if you have to do that. Anyways, all right, America, I'm gonna go step through Dracula's portal to get down to the lost city of Kirtlodonga in Antarctica. Hopefully there, I'll be able to access some portal to find where Tim might be. Between now and then, I invite you to follow my very important show on Facebook and Instagram at AmericaThePodcast, and on Twitter at AmericaThePod. You can also find our YouTube channel, and the link is in the description of this episode. Please also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review so we can finally surpass those deep state evildoers, Pod Save America. Anyways, uh, so I just step here. It's yes, right there. <sighs> God damn it with the spit, Dracula. Just send me off. Good night and good fight, America. It's America, the podcast. This has been a production of Shway Media, all rights reserved. For more information, please visit shwaymedia.com.